There we go. Sound good? Yeah, just to wear both these. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> Did you try to just create feedback? That was pretty good. <laughs> you don't have to wear both. You, okay. you, you're, they're, they're there for you if you want. Welcome to the Eric Lang Show, everybody. Dude, I'm so excited to have you here, Kevin. Yeah, we'll have great. a lot of fun. This is great, dude. Like, we, uh, I, we, we didn't really record the first part of the podcast because we were driving over here in the old M5, which was real slumming it, you know, but it was good. You had to uh, play uh, Siri for directions on the way here, so yeah. we didn't uh, crash, and we're here safely in my hotel room. Together, we'd make one good Uber driver. We... <laughs> <laughs> I have some people that might uh, disagree with that, <laughs> so you might have to do the driving. But you seem to have a good sense of direction on the way here. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, I do all right. My wife, uh, she always says that. She's like, you always know, you know where we're going. I'm yeah. like, no, I just know which direction we need to go. Yeah. How we get there is probably not the most efficient, but it, we get there. It's kind of the job of the man, though, a little bit. Don't you feel like, I, I mean, maybe that's a sexist thing to say. Maybe I'm going to get a ton of shit for it. But like, I feel like that's, that's an important thing to know. It's probably an innate ability in the man. You know, yeah. the hunter-gatherer. We, yeah. we go kill food, got to take it home, where it's home, that way. Right. Yeah, exa- yeah, where do I bring the food to? <laughs> And now it's, where's the Whole Foods, right? <laughs> um, fuck, man. I mean, I got so many questions. I wrote them all down. But, like, I guess, like, uh, I mean, like, how are you doing, first of all? Just, like, I mean, how's it going? We talked a little bit in the car. Obviously, we got a little small talk out of the way. But, like, I don't know. Like, how's it going? Things are good. Um, it's been an interesting year. Some trials and tribulations of the golf game. And, um, you know, feel great personally. Um, you know, my relationships, my wife and kids are blossoming and you know that's most important but um you know as far as what people know me as is a golfer and and uh, you know that hasn't been up to my standards but starting to see some uh progress with that and you know started working with sean foley at the u.s open and uh really connected with him and and uh starting to see those changes um kind of progress and you know it's a fun time of year the playoffs are great eighth one i think we talked about in the yeah the car and uh it's gone by fast. I didn't realize you just started working with Sean after the U.S. Open. At the U.S. Open. I kind of interviewed three different coaches and liked what all three of them had to say. And I just kind of had to make a, a decision that I, I don't think I could have gone wrong with. With right. the guys I interviewed. And, um, you know, Sean and I just, we'd, we had um, spent some time together, like personally. We had some mutual friends. And I just felt like that was probably the safest route to go. And, uh in probably the best route for uh, me physically moving forward. Right, yeah, because he's good with the uh, with your back injury and shit. Correct. So do you feel like, were you going into Sunday at Carnoustie like, all right, Foley, good work, play it? Like, I mean, kind of, right? Definitely. Um, and he... Uh, I mean, I was freaking out because you and I already had a podcast on the books. I was going to go to Ohio, but I couldn't go because I'm broke. And like... I, if, I was like, oh, my God, if fucking Kevin wins this shit, I don't know what I'm going to do. The Claire Jug would be sitting right there. That would be sick. Um, but, yeah, it was fun, you know, to, to be in contention and, and felt like I had control of my emotions and my golf ball was was great and was able to apply a lot of the stuff that we had worked on. Now, you know, I've talked to Sean, you know, times past, and we talked about it, and um, he tells a story that someone called him from the media said you know i want to do the first interview if kevin wins i you know i was tied for lead on 14 and sean's like uh, we're, we're a little ahead of ourselves but um Whoa. but if, if he does win we'll uh i'll give you the first interview you know i like you you're a good guy and and the guy's like well isn't he progressing quickly you know this is unbelievable you know you guys just start working and he's like uh he's making swings that are fives out of ten from where he will be so let's just give him a break and we'll see what happens and you know obviously hard to hear that when I had a great event that I wasn't swinging at that good, but you know it's also nice to to uh, to hear that maybe my talent kind of got me through that one and yeah. and uh, and has got me to where I'm at, and so maybe we can start relying on some technique here shortly. But Foley is a patient fucking dude. Like, I mean, he is the Buddha of golf coaching. I mean, is that I've never seen him get angry at anything except for inanimate objects, TrackMan, <laughs> cell phones. TrackMan. <laughs> Stayed at his house. He got mad at his smoke alarm one time. I'm like, Sean, like, I've never even heard you raise your voice to a human, and right. you just punched a wall, or punched a hole in the in the uh, smoke alarm. No, but he right. was reacting to it, uh, right? Dramatically. What's his house like? Is it like? Is it su- subtle, flamboyant? No, it's, it's basic. You know, beautiful Florida home. Right. Um, lives in Kings Point there in uh, in Orlando, and right. just g- goes around being Sean Foley, and you know teaches. Lessons when he needs to. Plays golf himself. He's got yeah. a great, great Loves little... Loves the game. Has he ever DJed for you? 
He hasn't. He's definitely tried to broaden my horizons on the hip hop scene. Um, I know a lot of West Coast hip hop. Right. Because um, he's Canadian. He knows like Canadian hip hop. Canadian. He loves, you know, Brooklyn hip hop. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, I've kind of I've been listening to a lot of country music lately. What do you know about that? <laughs> Dude, I'm a big fan of country. So I went to uh, Stagecoach. Let me get this close to you. So I went to Stagecoach earlier this year. Yeah. Um, in Palm Desert. And it was awesome that my, my in laws got. M- me and my wife tickets to it and then my sister-in-law came with us and joe my caddy he and his girlfriend ended up coming so we just had a crew joe and i'd play golf during the day we'd go to stagecoach at night would you play um madison no we played the plantation oh, okay nice um joe and i actually are both members there and so we just kind of went over there and there's no rules it's all men's club yeah nothing against women but it's an all men's club yeah, it's so. a funny deal with that like does that are you just like uh, you wish it was different or how do you i think it's I like it the way it is. It's it's for um, for good reason there. Um, they have rules, like, you know, in California, if you have an all-men's club, you just can't do business there. Whoa. Or if you have an all-women's club, you just can't do business there. So there's no cell phones allowed on the place. So that itself, like, you get to check out from technology Whoa. for four hours while you're playing golf. And Literally can't open up the phone. No, no phone. That's interesting. So that's how they passed it. Um, you know, being a family man now, is that ideal for me? No, but... It's also nice to have my own place and say, you, yeah. you, no, you can't come. Because uh, we're in a hotel room here. I'm looking at two beds. There's another hotel, hotel room adjoining. That's because these beds will be filled with your entire family. So wife and kids come tomorrow. Not ideal to have two beds where the parents sleep. So it right. doesn't look like there'll be the old struggle snuggle this week. But uh, <laughs> the kids have a bed where they each have a bed where they'll sleep. And uh and that's just kind of the way we do it when we uh, get hotel rooms. I heard you say that you uh, you drop the social media when you're when you're not at a tournament. You just shut it down. I tried to, um, you know, I just tried to be present with them. Tried to um, give them all I have, just just like I would my job. Right. And uh, you know, I, th- I feel like social media now is part of um, being an entertainer, part of being yeah. a professional athlete. Like that's how you can keep in touch with your your fan base, but also you're not posting pics like for your, for your family and friends, really You're posting it for all the people that don't know you. Exactly. Let people see what we're doing. Um, you know, I try to be as real as I can on there. Yeah. Um, just show me. And, uh, you know, so when I'm at home that, you know, I need to be real for my kids and and, and my wife. So, um, you know, you'll see a little bit of stuff from home, but not try not to be on there too much. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's a funny thing because you know, the other night I was talking to someone and she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really go on Instagram anymore. And I was like, I don't have that choice. Like that is like, I don't play golf good enough as you to be able to make money. That Instagram is like my job. And it was funny to realize that like in a moment where I was like, Oh, I didn't expect that a year or two ago. You know, we're just hanging out. Um, you can say something. We were watching uh hard knocks the other night on TV and there was like a segment, this lineman he's drawn on a whiteboard and um, he's trying to explain to this fellow lineman that if they just save their money they could they could compound all this extra money and by the time they retired they wouldn't you know they'd be rich right right which they probably all will be but um and so then he started breaking down other numbers and so they one of the outtakes was him talking about look if you spend two hours a day on instagram for a whole year you spent two months or you spent a month on instagram whoa and i was like oh shit whoa i should probably stay off instagram that, wait that's a month yeah Two hours a day, 365 days a year. You're right. That's 700 and 830 hours. 830 hours. That's a, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's where I got that little tidbit of info. But so then you were like, I'm shutting this down. Yeah. This, and like, as I look over at my wife and we're both looking at Instagram or something when we're yeah. watching it. But, um, oh, that's crazy, man. Like I said, it's part of our lives and you just do it. You need it. I need it. You know, it, it, it definitely helps with what we're both trying to do. Right. All right. So I got a lot of questions here. Ready? Let's see. Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Is it true that you change balls every time after a birdie? Yeah. So it just, I'm not sure when it started, but I just, one day I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I think I was struggling mentally. And I was just like, ah, oh, I need something to get me excited to play. And so it was like the excitement of being able to pull a new ball after I did something good. And I was right. Like, I always do subtle things like that to like 
try and excite things like oh get new grips like, right, right completely change the grip i'm using and just right oh yeah like, this feels so good like oh, i'm it, excited to go out and play today it changes so much really i mean golf is so so subtle and so sensitive that like yeah one little thing and you're like whoa yeah just change your attitude a little bit or change change your feels and and kind of light the fire on the ass and get you ready to go so do you carry 18 balls so 12 is the max because i've oh. only made 10 birdies in an eagle in a round so okay. I consider that 12. Right. And, That's pretty good. Uh, and so as soon as I beat that, then I will carry more. But right. at the moment, we only carry 12. Because Joe, Joe can handle it. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. I mean, he is carrying the beard, which you told me he'll shave if the Dodgers win. Yeah, so it's like a, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword for me. Like, need the guy to shave, but don't <laughs> need the Dodgers to win the World Series. As a Giants fan, you definitely don't need the Dodgers to win. Are you going to watch together? Do you so, watch games? So last fall, when the Dodgers were in the World Series, he came to my house. My family was out of town. He came to the house, and we watched, I think it was games three, four, and five together Okay. Um, from my house. And like I'm like, Joe, like I get it. You're a super fan. Like you, We'll play golf during the day. You pick where you want to watch these games. Like you want to go to the bar and get blasted, we'll go to the bar and get blasted. You want to sit on my couch and order pizza, Like we'll do that. Whatever you want to do. And so... We had a little mixture of both, and um, it was, you know, I feel for him because, you know, you never oh. want to get that close and oh. when it's something you're so passionate about. But like I said, I'm a Giants fan, so Cold. I don't feel that bad. Cold. Yeah, I remember I was, uh, one of my one of my, my best friends, Stuart, was with me from Australia by way of Scotland, you know, and anyway, we were, we were hanging out, and it was, whatever, Tuesday, Wednesday, and we thought about getting tickets for Tuesday, and then they won. On, on game six and we were like oh we definitely have to get tickets for tomorrow and like I was just like I'm not gonna throw down it was like 700 for like the worst seat on planet earth and I was like you know and then luckily we didn't go because it was just the worst game for a Dodger fan yeah it would have been wouldn't have been the best energy to be around there no losing game seven but no. yeah and you're I'm sure your couch or wherever you decided to watch it was just as comfortable. You saw, you had better views. You just didn't get the electricity at Dodger Stadium. So we said that, you know, when we drove around in the car, we were in this M5, and I and I was curious to know, what's the whip of Kevin Chapel? You told me it's a fine car. It's not fancy. But but what is your biggest extravagance? Um, I'm not really a me guy. Like, I'm, a, I'm more of a we person. Like, so I'm into experiences i'm taking care of my family we just built built a house in washington um you know that was that might be our biggest extravagance i so i turned pro it's a long story but i turned pro we got time i uh i bought a dog and a house like literally like weeks into turning pro and i'm like okay yeah this is what i need i'm i'm growing up i'm 21 years old i'm a professional (laughs) golfer i need a dog uh wrong anyway (laughs) my parents have since inherited the dog but um and i had this house and so i get my tour card and I uh, have a buddy that owns a Jaguar dealership in Fresno, and uh, he, you know, I was always, I'd go visit him or go see his office, and I'm like, oh, man, that Jaguar is sweet, and he's like, oh, you should get it. I'm like, yeah, you're right, I should, I'm a professional golfer. So $120,000 later, and now I'm 23 years old, and I got a $120,000 car, and if I just looked at a curb, I was going to hit it. I mean, this is Jaguar, <laughs> and it had big 22-inch white wheels on it. And I mean, look, it was beautiful looking car, but literally if I looked at a curb, I was hitting it, ruining a wheel, you know, something was going wrong. Five grand. Yeah. And so I just called the guy. I said, can you take this thing back? Like, I'm just, I'm more of a point A to point B guy. Like, I'm going to go buy an SUV. I'm going to drive over curbs. I'm going to do, you know, throw my clubs and dirty shoes in the back and not care about the scratches. And that's going to be me. And you're just like a guy's guy. Yeah. So I, so I tried the car thing and then I tried the watch thing you know watches I, are big they're they're big and i tried to like buy buy one for every like milestone you know like win a golf tournament or uh, my first big check i made on tours in san antonio finished second in my rookie year and i was like oh, i'm gonna go buy myself. what do you get for that like 180 180 yeah what's the what's the second place check like that um now, now you're making me embarrassed like oh, oh don't, don't worry about I, it. I don't want to like no don't worry about it it was like 680 Oh shit! Um, My bad. It's okay. Wait, why are you embarrassed? Because no, because like, I didn't want a lot of money. Yeah, I didn't want to be like, oh, I made six eighty, not one hundred eighty. What's wrong with you, dude? You're such a good guy. First of all, can we just pause for a second? <laughs> you're such a good guy. Honestly, when you were like, I'm more of a wee guy. Like, it all, like I hit me hard because like there's not enough people like that. You know what I mean? And it's so cool to be sitting here with you, who's like. Everyone just looks at you, living the dream, you know. And like, it's funny for me to come in and be like, M5, what's your car, Kevin? <laughs> you're like, 
I got a Jeep. You know, <laughs> dude, it's, it's inspiring, man. So, so this is important, right? Because people are listening to this and they're thinking that all you wanted was cash and prizes, but that's not why you do it. No, it's not why I do it. And you know, I do it for me, but most importantly, I get to provide for, you know a life for my family that I think they deserve. And and uh, you know, I continue to practice every day and work out and eat right and do all those things so that I can provide that for them. Now, but wait. You get a check for 700K. Is your mind spinning? I would be spinning. I would be like, what the, What am I even going to do with that much money, dude? By the way, I, I was married to a woman who got checks that were like 7.8. And so I saw that. You know what I mean? But it, I didn't earn it. So it didn't mean anything to me. So, and, and so it must mean something for you. Because like, it's not even about the money or whatever you spend it on. It's about recognizing the value of your skill. Yeah. And you know, I'm fortunate to get paid well for what I do but I am a realist in the sense of I know that this could all go away like we could have made a wrong turn gone down a, a, the wrong way on a one-way road in New Jersey GPS, and yeah. uh, you know <laughs> could all be over and uh, I can't hit another golf ball so you know I, I try to be real I try to um, you know enjoy it and reward myself and uh, but also like have an understanding that this could be over any day right um, so it's a fine line, you know, that you go back and forth on. Let me finish, finish the, story. the story. There's, there's the story. actually two parts of the story. It's a tangential podcast. Go ahead. Okay. So I San Antonio. I'm like, I'm going to go buy a watch. So I, like, research the watch I want to get. It's a uh, Raymond Wheel watch. It was, like, titanium with graphite um, bracelet. And I'm like, this thing's sick, you know. So I'm like, I, we're not, I'm just dating my wife at the time, and I'm like, yeah, it's five grand. I really want to spend five grand on this watch. And she's like, you should do it. You should do it. So I get this watch and five grand. I'm like, yeah, it's like sick. Wear it every day for like a month. And then, you know, like doesn't come on the road with me for the, like the next month. And so then it like out of sight, out of mind. It's like just sitting on my bathroom counter. And all of a sudden I uh, wasn't a watch guy anymore, you know? Really? <laughs> so yeah. It just didn't mean that much to me. Like it was just another piece. And I'm like, yeah, it's five grand. It just like getting to work meant more to me, you know, right. and getting back to work. But truly the first big check I made out of college happened at Pebble Beach. I got a sponsor invite at Pebble Beach. Make 200, uh, it's the year it got rained out and Dustin Johnson won the, for the first time there. Yeah. And uh, I was tied for sixth place going into Sunday and it was my second or third tour start. So I'm tied for sixth place and I'm doing this rain dance at Monterey, like rain more, you know? Because I know that... Because you're in the clubhouse. I'm in the clubhouse yeah. and we've only played three rounds. If it gets rained out, I get paid on four rounds and it gets me into the LA Open the next week at Riviera, right. going back to college, one year removed from college with God knows how much money I'm going to make, right? Right, right. And so, right. so it gets rained out. They cancel Sunday... Monday, they don't wait long. It's The forecast looks terrible. Like 8.30, you get a text, like, rain out, T6. My agent calls me. He's like, do you want to commit to play L.A.? I'm like, duh. Yeah. So I'll get on the Southwest to, to L.A. with 200 grand in my bank account. Because <laughs> you hadn't made a penny. I hadn't made a penny. So I go straight to the college bar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, still had college teammates in in school and my college roommates are still in school in the same uh, apartment that we right, were in. Right, you left early or how did you do that? So I left in June. Right. Um, before finals were over, but I still had, like my roommates were going to finish in four and a half years. So they right. were there for their, their half year. And uh, so I'd stayed with them during the tournament and played Riviera. And, you know, this was a college kid for a week again, which That's was great. nuts, dude. Those yeah, I don't, stories. I don't know. I, I was like pumped when I got a check for like twelve grand. I was like, "This is great." I was like, "Let's go get some shoes." I'm big into shoes. <laughs> Shoe guy. You got to be big into shoes. Yeah, Nike takes good care of me. What uh, about Nike bucks? A lot of people were asking me about Nike bucks. Well, I don't even know what it is to be honest with you. Okay, me. so Nike for their athletes, they have a web page called Nike Elite, and uh, it's like Whoa. a hidden web page that they provide for their athletes to get gear on, and you know it gets you can be given Nike dollars or Nike elite money and, or you can negotiate into your contracts. And so, um, you know, it's part of your endorsement money. And, uh, so it's great. It's a good, it's a awesome webpage. It's gotten a lot better. Like when we first, when I was first with Nike, didn't have a back button. Um, you couldn't refresh. Like it was just Whoa. a nightmare to use. And I'm Whoa. like, they clearly don't want me to spend this money, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but they've revamped it and it's usable and they, yeah. it's, it's cool. 
Yeah, I'm a big shoe. Are you allowed to? Can you do you, like? Are you ever allowed to wear a non-Nike pair of shoes? Um, sure, I do. You do. I got a few pairs in my bag. I've, have you, are you familiar with No One System? No, what's that? They're LA based. I got. I want to see them. All right, we're back. Thanks, everybody. Um, now Kevin's wearing two different pairs of shoes. Uh, I, you know, it's just it's we're we. I'm sad that the package didn't arrive with your onesie. Yeah, so remembered we were doing this, and I'm like, I got to step my onesie game up, and uh, so I ordered a dinosaur thing. It was sick. It had like sequin uh, scales going down the back, and it right. was, but it was like a what do you call like a male romper? Uh, rompo? I yeah, don't know. I don't but know. But it was like it was like a romper for dudes. So it was shorts <laughs> and short sleeve. Like that's the thing with the onesie is it's not. It's a seasonal outfit. Right. Yeah. What? Why? Wait. What do you mean? I don't know. Because because most of them are long sleeves. Oh, long, so you're hot. Yeah. So you're you gonna be, be a little hot. hot but yeah. this one could be worn worn year round. You, you know. Could, yeah. It's a little more flexible. Yeah. Right. I mean dinosaurs. You know. They. Yeah. We learned a lot from them. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, who doesn't like a onesie? Dude, I. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, I, I was talking to a girl the other night, and she was telling me she like she was she was into overalls. Mm-hmm. And I have to admit, I was kind of like turned me on a little bit. I was like, hey, yeah, what overalls are kind of sexy on a chick. I agree. Why it kind of takes me back to like eighth grade, ninth yeah. grade. You're like, oh man, that girl's wearing overalls. Like, like I'm innocent yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, let's see. I got a I got a couple more. Let's see. We got. Um, uh, I mean. I, I should have organized these in what are my favorite questions. Let's skip around here. Uh, would you rather never... This is a fucked up question. Would you rather never have sex again, never get laid ever again, or Grand Slam? Um, <laughs> never again. You can hand jobs, blow jobs, whatever you want. Never have sex again. Wow. I mean, you got to think about, you know, you got to, what's in play here is procreation, obviously. Yeah, I have two beautiful children, one of each sex. So, you know, I got, I got that. You thinking three or no? My wife is. And, <laughs> Hi, honey. Um, I'm not going to have this conversation on the, this podcast, so you're safe. <laughs> um, yeah, that's. I mean, a, she's going to be pissed. That is no doubt. I think I'm going. Um, I mean, it's a tough one, dude. Will you sell your soul to the devil, basically? I, I I think I need sex. You, you know what? I, I respect you, man. I think I'll take my chances of winning the Grand Slam without giving it up, and uh, let, let's go see how we can do. That's a really good answer. That's a good answer, because by the way, like, yeah, I don't know. Okay, we, we don't need to dissect the would you rather. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, what, uh, you know, what's funny is, um, I don't know, like, I sat down to dinner one night at Augusta, and I... <clears throat> I don't. I I'm good with faces, but I, the guy sitting across from me is like, oh, yeah, whatever. After a little while, he introduced himself, and he's like, my name's Ted. I was like, oh, that's cool, Ted. What do you what do you, what do you get into? What do you do? And he's like, I'm a caddy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. What do you caddy for? And I was like, he's like Bubba. And I was like, oh, right. I know who you are. And then we had a long conversation about how. I mean, you know, obviously he's an outlier, right? But like, we had a long conversation about the relationship between caddy and player. And a lot of people, when I told them you and I were going to be talking to the A, were really interested in Joe and, and your relationship. For the people that don't know, can you tell us a little bit about how you guys are so tight? Yeah, so Joe was my college teammate and college roommate's childhood best friend. Joe grew up in Valencia, and uh, so he would come hang out with us in school. So he got to go to UCLA without ever taking a class and, <laughs> and do all the fun things that we did. Um, and so I just have known Joe on that level. We would play golf. He played uh, community, played at a community college in, in um, Valencia and then played on the Canadian Tour for a couple of years. And, you know, we kept in touch after school. And um, he stopped playing um, professionally, was working as an assistant pro. And then he started caddying for uh, Max Homa. Okay, yeah. And so Max got a few starts on the PJ Tour. And so I'd hang out with Joe, um, you know, when he'd be caddying for Max and – Joe's that friend that you do all the stupid shit with in your life. like <laughs> Mexico. Yeah, whatever. Mexico, where you go on a three-day bender, and you come <laughs> home, and Joe tries to get in bed with you and your wife, and you're like, Joe, like you smell like a brewery. Like We can't do this. You know, like, you're not sleeping in our bed tonight. Like, right. There's another bedroom over there. You yeah. know, that, that's Joe. And it, but it's just Joe, like all or, fun and all good. Yeah, or, or he's the guy at my wedding. He was the guy at my wedding. Like Before music was on, he had his shirt off. <laughs> Now, not picking fun at Joe, but like I'm that guy typically at weddings too. So we're like, we're just the same guy, you know. Right. 
And so uh, he started caddying for Max. Max, unfortunately, lost his card. And uh, I had a longtime caddy that needed to go provide in a different way for his family. And um, we're still good friends. So I was really struggling to find someone. And um, I found a guy that worked a few events on the West Coast. We just didn't gel. And Joe was living in L.A. And I'm like, Joe, come caddy um, at Rib for me, um, you know, just for this week. And so long conversations with my wife at night, like, ah, Joe's doing a good job. I think this could work. And she's like, no, we'll get divorced. You know, like, <laughs> I just don't, I don't know how serious you guys will take it. Like, it's just too, too close to friends. And right. I'm like, I agree. And co- golf coach I was working with at the time, he was kind of saying the same thing. He had been out with us socially and he's like, ah, I just don't know if you guys hold each other accountable and da, da, da. Interesting. And so Joe worked for me at, at Riviera and I just like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, or I'm not going to listen to them. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm doing and, uh, it. So I hired Joe, and you know that was in January or February of 2016, which was the best year I've had on tour. And then everyone that told me not to has since said, okay, you were right. And right. So, um, you know, and then we started doing uh, what would Joe do Wednesdays? <laughs> yeah, I've seen during, those. They're fun. During dude. the pro-ams. And just, you know, he's a character, and he – he can uh, his beard makes him look a lot more intimidating than he really is and so i like putting him in spots and say you know joe what would you do here and uh, you know just total random stuff and harmless right. and cuz he's so, a player he can kick it around oh he can kick it around left-handed he's uh i always say he's slappy but every time i tell <laughs> someone that he goes and plays with them they're like uh your interpretation of his game is the worst i've ever seen he striped it all day i'm like dang it <laughs> Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Adidas golf shoes, y'all. Uh, my favorite pair, I'm going to go with Addy Pure. I like the Tour 360 Knit. Yeah, the knit one. Check out what DJ's wearing and get into that, my guy. Nothing compares to a pair that I wear on the course every time I play. It's true, y'all. I don't miss not being able to wear any other golf shoe because contractually I can only wear Adidas at this point. But the truth is, I couldn't imagine a better situation. And you know what? A little behind the scenes, I went to Adidas and I was like, look, guys, let me not wear any other golf shoe ever. And they were like, yes, sir. And I was like, yes. And then my agent was like, this contract is signed. Anyway, now all I wear is Adidas, and I couldn't be happier. Comfort and stability is hard to find in golf shoes, but Adidas delivers every time, quite literally every goddamn time. I've worn, I've had so many friends tell me how comfortable their golf shoes are, how uncomfortable their golf shoes are, and I always tell them, buy Adidas, Boost, and my guy. Get into the Boost, y'all, literally. It's very easy for me to talk about them because I actually like them. You can't beat Boost. It's so comfortable. So basically, Adidas golf shoes, and then there what? There's basically Adidas golf shoes, and then there's every other brand. True facts. No comparison. Adidas golf shoes every time, my guy. You can buy a pair of your local retailer or visit adidas.com and go to the golf section. Because where else do you want to go on adidas.com? You only want to go to the golf section to buy golf shoes. Also, follow adidas.com. I'm sorry. Follow Adidas Golf on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook for all the latest news and releases. Oh, big update. All right. Thanks, y'all. Yeah, all right, everybody. Want to lose 21 pounds? A set of clubs and a bag can weigh 21 pounds, so leave your sticks at home the next time you travel. That's, I didn't realize it was 21 pounds. Jeez. Visit clublender.com and select the clubs you want from among Callaway, TaylorMade, Titleist, and PXG. And select your dates. Not just Medjool dates, folks. We're talking dates on a calendar. Club Lender will deliver the clubs in a premium vessel bag. Yes, vessel. Uh, that's cool. The day before you're around to any hotel course, home, or office in California, Utah, Nevada, Arizona. California, Utah, Nevada, Arizona. If you want to rent anywhere else, in the good old United States of America. Give them a call and chat with them online, and they'll try to set you up with clubs. They have lefty and righty, stiff and regular men's and women's. Better yet, the clubs come with tees, a different repair tool, and a ball marker, and a wet almond-scented towel. I'm just getting it's a regular, dry, unscented towel. If you need a rangefinder, a glove, or balls, they can send them along too. Going to Vegas, San Diego, Scottsdale, Frisco. 
I don't know. Who's going to Frisco, guys? If you're going to Frisco, I don't know. You might just want to switch that decision up. Just playing one or two days and don't want to lug your clubs the entire trip? That's me, y'all. Raise your hand. Club Lenders got you covered. Use the code Eric Lang as a coupon code at clublender.com and get 10% off your first order. That's the code Eric Lang, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-G. That'll get you 10% off your first order. Own the experience, not the hassle. Because who hates, who likes hassles? I do not. Who likes experiences? I do. Clublender.com. Coupon code Eric Lang, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-G. That'll get you 10% off your first order. So I, I was wondering, you know, because I'm coming off of an experience where it's a, it's a long story that I already went into on um, uh, the podcast. But basically, I was uh, invited to play in a money game. I'm not the best at playing for money because I'm just like, I like to have fun. And so I'm playing in this money game. And I'm playing with a caddy I don't know at like a relatively uh, hoity-toity spot, right? And the caddy tells me, I ask him before I double the bet if my ball's in the fairway. And he says, yes, I can't see that well. Get to my ball, it's 10 feet off the fairway in a clump. And I looked at him and I was like, bro, if I'm not in the fairway, if you can't see the ball, just say you don't know. And then I'm not going to double the bet. And it turned into like a fucking nightmare. And the guy was, I mean, this is obviously an individual scenario. But what it reflects is the experience of, well, for most people listening to this, the, you know, this is like uh, people who... Uh, a majority of them haven't played with a caddy, right? And and for me, there was a long time where I was like, what's that going to be like? How, I mean, obviously we know, we've heard tour players talk about playing with caddies and how important that is. But, like, I mean, it's crazy, right? Like, how much of an effect they actually have on your game. Yeah, they are a big help. And but they can also be a big detriment if you're, de- like, guys like me. Definitely. Um, and they have you no gotta, respect. You've got to find the one that gels with you and, and right. that you connect with. I mean, you're... I spend more time with Joe in a week than I do with my family. You fly together. Um, we fly often together. Um, you know, if my family's not out, I'm not afraid to stay with them just because we are friends. Yeah. And you'd be sharing a room and shit. Yeah. It's dope, absolutely. dude. And just know, like watching TV and cracking up. Yeah. He'll be, he'll have his chew spitter next to the bed and his be, what? His chew spitter. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And next to the bed and he'll be trying to find a rom-com on TV and I love you, man. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then he's got his iPad on the side watching the Dodger game, you know, right. That's, that's him. But, um, that sounds like fun. He, he's a big help to me. Um, more he's gotten, he's turned himself into a fantastic caddy and, uh, you know, that's, uh, that shows just how, how much he wants it and wants success for me. And, and, you know, be, and I don't think it's because success for me means success for him. Like he just truly is a good guy and he wants that for me because he knows that's what I want. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, he, but, you know, he, so he's turned himself into an asset as a caddy, but also he's a big asset for me and distractions. And Hey, when you get under the heat, he's like, Hey, remember that time, uh, at the bar and I, you know, I tripped and fell and <laughs> I got kicked out and he's like, remember I wasn't even that drunk. I'm like, I think you just got escorted because you got overserved. It's okay, right? Right. You know, and it's they like, let you out all, of the bar. All of a sudden, you're like, "Oh shit!" Right. We're on, we're on the 18th hole. The chance to win, <laughs> and we've just been arguing over if you were drunk or not. Right. You know? um, so, does he have a good time traveling with you? Like, because you guys go. I mean, you know, like, like, where's the coolest place you guys went? I'm moving the camera. Sorry. Like where, like where did you have the most fun on tour, or, or was um, it Scotland or something like that, or Mexico? We had, the Scottish Open this year was awesome, despite yeah. how I played. Like the weather was phenomenal. We had a, we we stayed in um, Golan, yeah, and uh, just a cool city. Um, you know, late dinners. Yeah, um, you know, sun just be, stays up forever. Yeah, just being social and just we had a good vibe. And I, th- I honestly think that's what led into such a successful British Open. Is just we set the tone early in the trip. We. I was trying something different. I just never have success traveling um, internationally. Really? I think because I just, I never adapt very well. Right. I always travel late, last minute. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be here. You're out of sync. Yeah, you get out of sync. And all of a sudden, at the British Open, typically I find form like Friday afternoon. And you're like, (laughs) oh man, I got to make a run to make the cut. And you're like, I I got eight holes to play. Yeah. All right. And uh, and so the goal this year was like, all right, let's go play the Scottish, have some fun, maybe play a little side golf. Um, right. which we did, did we didn't, out, right? we didn't end up playing side golf. Um, he did. And, uh, and then I got to walk down, uh, North Berwick every day to go, go to dinner. And I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. That's a crazy course, huh? Um, but it just, I think it, that energy and like what we, how much fun we had there really kind of bled over into the open championship. How did you see a difference between, uh, fans over there and fans over here? 
I just a lot of UK the, listeners. Okay, the, <laughs> the first word that comes to mind is educated. Whoa, and, and uh, I'm not. I don't no mean mis- book smart, or I don't mean to disrespect by it, but it's just they understand where the ball's supposed to go, oh. and wh- and how the ball's supposed to get there. Interesting. And so, you know, a, a shot that's played um, in the air and with spin, they might not clap for, and a pl- <laughs> and a or clap as loudly for, and a, a shot that's played on the ground and released, you know, back to the hole they're big fans of because that's you know that's yeah. the stereotypical way to play the shot they want to uh, see you play links golf yeah and uh, you know you see that a little bit at augusta as well they like you get away with a shot you use a slope that you're not supposed to use and they're like ah oh, you cheeky guy you got away with that one <laughs> and uh, you know you use the slope you're supposed to use and they 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 go crazy really I, that's yeah. so cool that would be my observation that's of that. so cool i mean dude i mean I, no one will get to experience things like that. That's that's a very unique experience that I don't know that I'm so uh, I feel so like that's so interesting to hear. I never would have thought of that. Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate enough to play with Jordan Spieth on Saturday yeah. at the Open, and uh, I mean we're both playing well and playing good. I mean, he's getting a standing ovation on every green, and I'm like the kid <laughs> with my hat off and like acknowledging him, like oh thank you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I know that they're yeah. there for him. But I was like, man, you're getting goosebumps and on Whoa. every every green, you're like, really? Yeah, they get it. Like, really, this is their champion right now. Like, he's defending his title, and we're making Whoa. a run at it. And, and he's like, an American. Yeah, that's a, that's a really cool thing too. Absolutely, golf really doesn't. Uh, it transcends nations for sure. For sure, you kind of live an adventure in golf. It sounds like, especially with Joe, right? You just like, I don't know, man. It's just so rad to me. I mean, it's much fun. Like my success parallels how much fun i'm having and so yeah. you know often the first thing i do when i'm not going going in the direction i want to is like are you really enjoying it and often the answer is probably not as much as i can and uh, you know try to turn that around what is there any specific thing you do, do you like play cards i mean what do you do to to enjoy it more yeah to increase that like uh, um, barometer. you know like things like coming up with oh, a ball only has one birdie in it it's right like, you know he gets excited to give me a new ball you know <laughs> or right. Like this is bad, but I don't have an equipment deal, and so like I'll get, I might get bored, and you know we're so fortunate on the PGA Tour to have all these equipment trailers out here, and I might, be, I might go try a wedge and say, oh right. man, like this is gonna get me excited. Or why don't you have an equipment deal? Um, because I'm with Nike, and I had a, I had a deal with them, and when they got out of the, the equipment industry, I just said, I don't know, that I want to do that. Like, you're, I'm, you're I'm gonna, good. I'm gonna find, I'm gonna play what I want to play, and and uh, right, and until I find 14 clubs that. I think are the best for me. I'm not going to do anything. The uh, one of the questions we got was, "What was it like for you to go through that Nike situation last year?" It was interesting because um, you must have found out a little bit early. No, so we all found out the same day. It was like oh. August third. It was 2016. You got a phone call. Um, Texts, email. What, Jesus, how did we find out? I think it started <laughs> spreading. Um, some of the higher ups at Nike Golf just randomly showed up like on a Wednesday. Hmm. And it's like, that's not normal. Usually they're here like Monday through Wednesday. And so mm. um, it's like you started hearing grumblings and someone maybe heard first and then they told a player, like maybe someone's agent heard first and they told another player that player told me and da, da, da. So I'm starting like looking up, looking it up online. You can't find anything. I'm texting people like, because what's your feeling at what that do you point? know about like, this? Your feeling is WTF. Yeah. You're kind of feeling like abandoned. Like, what does this mean? And because you're, yeah. you're, you're hearing details of Nike getting out of hard goods, but you're like, what does this mean for me? And, you know, someone will say, well, they're, they're releasing us all of our contracts. And you're like, well, is that true? Like, yeah. are they really? Or Not true. Is there going to be a fine if I don't play the Nike stuff, like, today in Hartford or tomorrow in Hartford? Yeah. You know? um, so you start getting the details. And, you know, at first I just felt for the people that I had relationships that worked there that lost their jobs. You know, because yeah. not only did they get rid of hard goods, but they cut, you know, so many jobs. Hundreds. Um, yeah. To, and... You know, a business decision, probably the right thing for them. Um, but more, you know, a person with, that has morals is like, I don't know that, that you know, you just hurt all these people. Like, let's, yeah. why don't we give it a year, you know, and yeah. see. But, you know, it's, it's about finance and they, they, uh, they so did what was money. best for them. So, uh, so, so what I, what I originally did was I went to every club company and said, if you want me to play your stuff, send me some stuff, I'll try it. And uh, I had one club builder build everything. Just because it's not apples to apples, like if if you and I went and said make us a seven iron, we want these specs. We went to Mizuno, TaylorMade, Titleist, and Callaway. Callaway, it would all come back close, but 
a little different. Yeah. And so I just wanted all my stuff to be built on one machine. And then I was getting a true apples to apples test. Right. And I tested a lot of stuff and I always seem to go back to my Nike stuff. Amazing. So I'm still playing Nike irons, play Titleist wedges, Titleist putter, Titleist ball, Taylor Midwoods. Right. And, uh, didn't Rory say something like, <clears throat> yeah, at every pro-am, I was the only one playing Nike clubs or something like that. That was weird to hear because like, like, like you, dude, I don't even, I, I've had Nike clubs. I had a Nike driver that I loved. Now, obviously, they're not even known for their drivers, but I just love the sound. But anyway, uh, I was bummed when they stopped making shit. And I was like, oh, man, we, got a, we had a friend that we lost. It's just weird. I mean, it just it's changed the whole um the market of golf and, and, you know, you lose a name. And so, you know, when you walk down the range, I mean, you're out there today, it's like it, even though it's only one equipment company, it just feels so much more limited to what you can play. Yeah. Um, that'd be my observation of it. Do you have some, uh, some sticks stacked up hidden away? So, uh, I just got a fresh set. Um, some guys that worked for Nike golf at the oven, they started another company called artisan golf. Oh. And uh, Patrick Reed won the Masters playing a couple of their wedges. And they're, right now they're a wedge putter company. They'll, they'll eventually make irons. Um, and they are still based in the oven or what was the oven. Right. And uh, they had a few extra sets in there. And so I called them and said, hey, can you help me out? And right. So I sent them the ones I was playing. And then they sent me those back and had the specs on them and said, this is what we want to do. So right. I did it. And actually my short irons have someone else's initials on them because they belong to someone else. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, get ready to go to someone else. And so they say MT on them, my right. short irons, seven, eight, nine. So uh, that's great. That's the last new set I have. I have a few like slightly worn sets or slightly different sets, but I think it's probably time for me to grow up and find something else. I mean, I don't know, like whatever, who cares? I mean, if you hit it on the club face, if you hit the right groove. Uh, Patrick Reed, I, I, he gets a lot of shit. You know him well. What's the deal? I, I don't know Pat well. Um, you know, we obviously spend a lot of time the president's cup last year um and got to know he and his wife great uh, yeah. or, or fairly well and spent a lot of time with him but you know he beats to his own drum i respect that um you know he found what works for him and um not gonna let anyone get in the way of that dude i have only i like i he when i ran into him at um kapalua and you know how the range the range is like a mile yeah and he literally looked at me i had all this gear and he's like you want to ride and i was like fucking there's 30 players here i get a, i'm gonna guess three are gonna give me a ride you know and i was just like this guy's good this guy's a good guy and so then he gets all this shit and i'm just like hey guess what i don't know him and no one else does and i just feel so weird about that sometimes yeah i'd say there's a lot of guys out here that if there's someone that has controversy around them you know maybe a patrick reed or like bubba watson had it a few years ago or yeah. even even a ian poulter it's like they're probably just a little bit misunderstood yeah yeah they all we all have our quirks and you catch us in the the wrong wavelength and we're going to react in a negative way, but that's everyone. I mean, that's right. road rage. That's the person yelling at the cash register at the grocery store. I mean, we all get, we all go through the ebbs and flows right. and, and uh, you know, those guys just happen to do it on national television or, you know, on a national stage and they get grief for it for a long time. Do you, uh, on Instagram, do you follow any golf accounts? <laughs> yeah, I follow a lot of golfers. Do you, uh, do you follow PGA memes? I just recently seen that. Um, yeah. Pretty funny. They give they give, they give uh, they give Pulse and Reed a bunch of shit. And actually, they were giving Smiley a bunch yeah, of shit. Yeah, and I saw and he, he apologized. Yeah, the guy Travis, yeah, good guy. Too. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, we had been. Yeah, you know, I, I was. He cracks me up. Like, I, some of them are hilarious. And uh, he posted one of you in the onesie today, and I was like, good. So I told him we were coming out here. But it's uh, like my favorite one. I fucking love that guy. Um, what, uh, I mean, speaking of President's Cup, in hindsight, could you have gotten up and down, you think, um, from the TV tower? Uh, it would have been brutal. I think I was more trying to prove my point. I was probably going through one of those lows in, on, in the wavelength, and uh, I'm like, I can hit this shot, but you won't let me move this rope? Come on, man. What's right. going on? Right. This guy could have been up here tying this, and while we were playing, how do you know this hasn't changed? That was trying to be my point. He's like, no, right. the tower has to stay as it is. I'm like, well, how do you know it stayed as it is all day? Like, this guy could have. Right. I mean, what do you do when you're bored? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> fiddle with things. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was that was interesting. I'll never forget the conversation Joe and Jim Furyk had. Jim Furyk's on the tee with us. You know, he's a captain, or he's the assistant captain, and he's like, 
club did you guys hit? I think it was, Joe's like, we hit nine iron. He's like, where'd you have the wind? He's like, in off the left. And we look up and there's like a flag on top of the tire and it's like down off the right. Like it literally switched like (laughs) as I touched it. And Jim's like, okay, I won't tell anyone that. (laughs) Like that's not going to be helpful for anyone else. Speaking of Furyk, man, who's your hero out there? Like you got to have a guy you look to. Um, That's a good question. You know, I think Jim has gotten the most out of, a career that for a guy that had the least, you know, like so impressive. Yeah. I think everyone would look up to him mentally. You know, I think even, um, you know, guys like Tiger that have such strong mental games, um, even would look up to Jim yeah. for what he's done, um, with what he's had. I was a big Greg Norman guy growing up. Okay. Like just loved the way he played the game, loved his style, loved, um, how he hit it. And, uh, he's been great to me in my career. I was fortunate to win one of the events that he, uh, um, his management company runs, yeah. and so I got to know him. We get texts from him all the time, and um, so that that hero has kind of lived up to, uh, or that golfing idol has lived up to everything that I thought he was for sure. Yeah, they say like not to meet your uh, not to meet your heroes or something yeah. like that. Um, definitely, I definitely had a bucket list day today, like randomly today. Yeah, so I go out and I'm not in the pro am tomorrow, and I'm like I gotta play 18 holes, so. Joe and I have a session with Foles, um, go to the tee, and uh, there's Kevin Na and Ben On are on the tee, and they're, like, waiting on a group in front of us, and uh, they're, like, literally hitting it as I walk up. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to join them, da, 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 da. and Joe was, like, grabbing a pin sheet or something, so he wasn't quite on the tee yet, so it didn't look as awkward as I'm describing it. And uh, I'm like, you guys go ahead. And Zach Johnson walks up, and, and I'm like, Zach, who do you have? And he's like, oh, I got Tiger. I was like okay, yeah, I'll just play with you guys. And he's like, cool. And so, you know, I I know them both fairly well, and they've both been great to me, but it's still like, Zach Johnson, Tiger Woods. Like, cool. Like, <laughs> so we play the first eight holes, and they're like, oh, we're going to jump over to 15. Why don't you come with us? I was like, no, I'm not the pro-am. i got to keep playing. I'm going to play them all today. And and they're like, all right, man, I'll have a good week. And so I hit my tee shot on eight or on nine by myself, get on 10T, Phil Mickelson, John Rahm. So, so I Jeez. played 18 holes today with two of the best to ever live. And uh, and was it the first time you'd played with Tiger? I mean, I feel no, like you played I, with him before. I played with Tiger at Liberty National in yeah. 12 um, in a tournament. But it's still just like... Different. Even as Tuesday. A, even as a pro, like, you know, it's like, that's Tiger Woods. And, like, he's in his prime and, and he's... Or he's he's coming back from his prime. He's priming. And, yeah. He's, and, getting, he's getting primed. And, uh, you know, it's just, like, an honor to be around him and... What did you guys talk him? about? What did you talk about? We talked golf. You know, I, I, he hit a shot on two, and he, like, lipped it out, the par three, like, lipped out from 180 yards. And I'm like, oh, Stella got a groove back, huh? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I found my swing. I'm like, sick, dude. You I'm literally t- had a conversation that everyone has. Yeah. I found my swing is what he said. Yeah. And he, I'm like, yeah, you hit some shots at the PGA. And he's like, I know. And, and then he went on to say, like, yeah, Brooks just played so good. And, couldn't make up any ground, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't watch much of it, but I saw some of the highlights, and you know, it was pretty impressive what you guys were doing. Dude, it's literally like, it, it's just like normal. Yeah. It's, are you, and you must be in this moment like, ha, 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 what the fuck is going on? Well, yeah, I mean, he could have, we did talk a little bit about technology, and I don't know much about it, but he started talking about how he struggled with his two iron, and that's why he's like, oh, I really struggled with my two iron at the PGA, like, I think it cost me a few shots, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, but you know, what are you doing about it? (laughs) Did you make a change? He's like, yeah, I went back to more like a traditional blade. You know, I think the center of gravity on the oh, because he had that uh, high low or the HL thing. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's like the center of gravity on the driving iron was too far back, so I was trying to kick it in the air, and I'm trying to hit these low stingers, and I'm trying to lean the shaft so far left, and causes the ball to go too far right. I'm like. Seems like it makes sense to me. You're like, now, okay, I, Einstein. Yeah, now if I went and told that to Bryson, Bryson would say, like, technically, not no, true. <laughs> not true. And yeah. so, you know, definitely, like, in that moment, that conversation with Tiger, I'm like, sure, I believe what you're saying because you're Tiger Woods, and right. I'm not going to research it, and I really don't care, but it yeah. is interesting that you changed two irons this week. Um, yeah. Maybe I can learn something from it. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, dude. Did Phil want to play you for money? No, there was no gambling. Phil seemed a little lethargic today. He's like, ah, oh, I had a lot of stuff going on. I had to a clinic and then I went and hit some balls and he's like I forgot to eat he's like anything in your bag and he forgot to eat that's what he said he's like I'm just so tired out here he's like it's not and he made a few fat jokes at himself um, <laughs> as Phil does And I mean because I guess uh, he's got a lot of clients in town like Barclays Barclays and shit, yeah. KPMG 
Um, but I mean, some of these questions suck. Most embarrassing thing on a golf course ever happened? I mean, um, I've definitely hit a few people. That's that's never oof. like a great feeling. It's gotta suck. In 2000, man, 2012 or 13, I was at the Wyndham last event before the playoffs. It's like on the verge of getting in the playoffs or not, and uh, just had a meltdown on a practice round. And I was that's like. <laughs> I was ha- in the process of having a meltdown. I hit a shot like right of the green and just gave it like a fun toss, like not an angry toss. Right. Like it wasn't like red ra- raging and like fun toss. The driver. Uh, it was like a forearm, like okay. a par three. Bounces, like jumps across the cart path, like hits this group of guys that are drinking beers. And I'm like, oh God, this is, can this get worse? <laughs> I can't even throw my club properly. Yeah. JT throws a lot of clubs. Yeah. So he's a club drop. Club drop. Club drop. That's a new one. The club drop didn't exist 10 years ago. Okay. All the, Right? I mean, I mean, do you, would you grow up watching TV and see a club drop ever? No, that's a good... I, it's I've a never thought thing. of it that way. I wonder who invented the club drop. Maybe it was JT. Maybe, Maybe we should JT. give him... Like Tiger more. invented the club twirl? <laughs> I caught a lot of grief recently about that. Why? I was watching his event, the uh, the National or what, in D.C. Over, yeah. Right over the fourth, or near the 4th of July and... Tiger club twirled and his ball lands on the left edge of the fairway. Is an iron, it's like a four iron layup hole. Club twirls, ball lands on the left edge of the fairway and goes in the rough. And it's like literally a foot from the hazard. Right. Um, it's maybe a narrow hole, but it's a four iron. Like I know when I hit a four iron, yeah. if it's a good shot or not. But he went club twirl. Like he just, and so my question was like, I just don't understand it. Can someone explain the club twirl? Miss Fairway, yeah, and I just caught grief from those Tiger fans, yeah, and I, it was no bash at it. I just I'm not a twirler, and yeah. like I just kind of I'm a pick my tee up and walk over the bag kind of guy, and so I just don't understand it. But I truly the best answer a God or what my hypothesis is is he just has that much swagger that he just does what he wants and it doesn't matter. Like no matter where it's going. Why like, didn't you ask him today? I should have. You're right. Because it seems like I, what I my perception was is he thought it was better than it was, or you know what I mean, like for sure that for sure that's the case. But it's like it's a foreign and the hole's thirty yards. <laughs> it's a foreign layup. It's a thirty yard wide layup hole. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want to see a six iron to two feet. Yeah, then for a club twirl. Yeah, and put it in between your legs and run around yeah. with your hands in the air. I want to see a driver going like four ten. Yeah. To twirl. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a twirler. I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm, I'm more. Of, you know what I'll do is I'm not a twirler. So I'll just if I hit a good shot, I just let it slide. slide. Oh, yeah. I just let it slide while I pose. Okay. It's also douchey, but you know whatever. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, what? Um, let's see. Uh, hey, do you ever uh, in practice rounds do you play a second ball sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. Um, you, okay. It's more about comfort level. So yeah. I'm fortunate. I've been to a lot of these venues a lot or a few times, and so. You kind of know what tees going into the practice round you, you need to get comfortable on and, and need to like revise your sight lines. Right. Um, and so you know, you know a lot of times I'll hit a tee shot and miss the fairway and and not hit another ball because I'm like oh it wasn't that I wasn't comfortable with the line it was more I just didn't execute. Right. So like I'm okay with that. But I'll if play I, that shot. Yeah, I'll go play that. We'll figure it out. Um, but you know you get on a tee. Let me give you an example. Like when they redid um, twelve at TPC Sawgrass. Yeah. So kind of a they weird, turned it into a drivable, drivable hole. hole. Yeah. Water left and yeah. kind of a little bit of a bank up the right, and it's like, where do you hit it? And like for the life of me, I cannot lay up in that fairway. Like I've, I've played eight. Like you're ra- just like, I've, what would you do with your six? Or would you? What yeah, would you- I've played eight rounds there. I've laid up twice in the left bunker, and so then the la- <laughs> last six rounds, I've hit it at the green because I just can't lay it up. It's like right. It, but so you know, next year when I get there, I'll get on that tee and be like, okay. Like, how do I want to play this hole? Right. If I want to lay up, like, what is the true sight line? And why am I hitting this club? And, right. and let's get comfortable comfortable with it. And do you ever imagine you're somewhere else? Like, imagine the hole is different to, in order to hit the shot hit the that shot? you want to hit? I mean, it's not something, like, I would say I do on the regular. But I do a lot of things to trick myself um, to not do things, right? So, like, a, le- a right-to-left hole, you always get on it, and you're like, oh, i got to draw this, i got to draw this. Right. But if you know that, like, left's dead, I'll tee it up on the right tee marker, right. which is the opposite of what I would typically do. Right. And and force myself to hit a straight shot to a cut shot, take away my angle so that I don't hit it 
over the, into the trouble. One of the biggest uh, basic, one of the biggest strategies to playing golf the way you do when it's stroke play is you really just you, you look at the course and you're looking at the 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 bright red no go. Yeah, and you want to play to the green or the blue. Correct. You're not. It's because I think a lot of us, me, we go out and we're just like balls to the wall. You know, like I'm gonna hit it as hard as I can and say the trouble is no problem. I'd say golf's changing, um, and how, or golfers are changing how we look at it. There's so much more analytics to it, and yeah. and there's so much more data for us to use to our advantage. And it's like, so Joe and I can get the spray charts from the last time we were here and see where every bogey was made from. Whoa. And so it's like, okay. Like, they call that a spray chart, well, number a, one? That's I a, love that. That's the best, that was the best way I could describe it for you. Yeah. Um, so we can see that... Um, a hole that you guys will see this week that, okay, the, there's a drivable hole that is now number 12. Right. Um, where Phil kept hitting the grandstand last time when we were here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, left is no good. Right. Like, if you hit it in the left greenside bunkers, you're likely going to make four. It's a drivable hole. If you hit it in there in one, right. you're likely going to make four. If you hit it in the right greenside bunkers, you have a chance to make a birdie. Right. So if you're going to go at the green, like, you're always erring right. Right. And so, like, we know that. Uh, who have access to it. I love how lean your golf games are. You know I mean, I love how it's just like, because for me, I'm like, I just would like to make a par. I don't, I don't want to make a bogey. <laughs> um, uh, so many good questions here. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over to, uh, I got like some screenshots. You know, I'll just, yeah, let's see here. <clears throat> Thanks everybody for your questions. We're going to dive into these now. Um, yeah, I could be more organized. That's true. I know that. I know what you're thinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? All these photos. Jeez. Um, wh- okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, favorite adult beverage. We can just go quick because we've been on here a while. Favorite adult beverage. Um, tequila soda. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, favorite golf course you likes to play for fun. Riviera. Ooh. Uh, do you, yeah, okay, I got these. I'm not going to ask you dream foursome, I mean, unless you want to answer it. Do you like to answer those questions? Um, you don't have to. You, you're yeah, wincing. It's, it's don't too, do it. it. Okay, perfect. Tiger, Phil, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is your favorite Nike golf club? That's a good question. Um, yeah. My, what is your favorite club right now from Nike? My MM Proto Irons that I'm still playing. Okay, cool. So the set. Um, uh, biggest benefit from working with Foley? The psycho analyzing yeah because he's like a he's like a he's a spiritual man spiritual dude yeah and uh he's well read he's well educated and he just he'll tell you none of his stuff's original none of his stuff's his like he's learned it from someone else and he's applied you know other lessons um to what whoever taught him and he's just trying to use those to help you right um and so you know that's been He's taught me a lot about why I react the way I do to things. He's taught me about, you know, different ways to think when in certain situations. And, um, you know, I think that's been the biggest benefit for me in my career. That's awesome. He's such a good guy. Um, Okay. I covered a lot of these. Um, uh, Oh, this is a good one. Would you rather (laughs) have a toothpick under your nail and kick a wall, under your toenail and kick a wall, or... Have paper cuts all over your body and jump into a pool of lemonade. I'm going paper cuts, jumping into a pool of lemonade because at least I get a little enjoyment out of the uh, out of the lemonade I can drink <laughs> in my way down. <laughs> um, uh, we want more Joe the Caddy. Give the people what they want um, as a comment. Uh, would you rather? <clears throat> would you rather? I got something in my throat. Would you rather hit every drive down the middle um, or hole every 15 footer? Hole every 15-footer. I figured you were going to say that. I should screen these questions better. But the, all the stats say that you don't drive for, what is it? You don't drive Dri- for show. You don't drive for show. Really? Well, if you look if you look at the money list, the top oh. 10 putters aren't necessarily the top 10 earners. But if you looked at the top 10 earners, they are very similar in top 10. In distance. In distance and, and ball striking, yeah. Fuck. So what we what now we go get like a like a zero degree driver, put some uh, cooking oil on it. But <laughs> Have the, you ever done that? Uh, yeah. Well, you can play grease golf. Like yeah, you put chapstick <laughs> on it, and that could be your thing. That could be so your. So next brand. time you gamble, you gotta you gotta ask if you if you guys are greasing or not. Oh. Because a, a grease gambling game is 
a little different. Like, you put a little grease on the head of the driver. On the you head of the driver, you send it. 20 more yards. So now the three handicaps is zero because he's driving it. And but you literally no can't spin. hit it offline. Yeah. No side spin. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got to try that for fun. Um, I'm on the brink. This is a good one, man. I'm on the brink of getting into the 30s, I'm assuming, on the front or the back nine. Um, but my, or maybe it's his eighties. I don't know, but my, it doesn't matter. It's all relative, but my nerves get the best of me every time. Any tips to help to take control of that? Um, yeah. So something I think we can all learn is like, what, what journey did you set off when you played the first hole? So were you going to play an, was it an 18 hole match? Is it a nine hole match? What, or nine hole round, whatever it is. And every shot from the first one you hit to the last one you hit all equals one. So it's not about where you think you're going to be. It's not about, oh, I'm two over par through seven, and if I only make one more bogey, it's, you know, I'm going to shoot in the 30s. It's, it's No, it's about I'm just going to hit each shot the best I can and add them up at the end, whether it's the tap in at the end or the first one, one of the first tee shots, they all mean the same. Right. They all mean one. I was talking to Tiger Woods about that today, actually. I was like, man, do you ever notice that? Like. I was doing some drills, and Joe's like, he throws a ball on the lip of a bunker, and I hit this great bunker shot, and it goes out, and he's like, he's like, why is it the harder that it is, the more like you like, the better you do, you know? And I'm like, I don't know, I just kind of focus in. I was like, Tiger, do you ever notice that? Like, um, like you know, the easy shots you that you might take for granted, or you might like your your lack of focus might might go or pop up. And you make a bogey from there, but then you get it up and down off Frankenstein's fat foot over there, and he's <laughs> like, he's like. You know, my dad used to say, just suck it up. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I get it. Like, just, you know, just keep going. He's like, yeah, every shot equals the same. One. I'm like, all right, you're right. I'm freaking out. I, I can't actually believe you played with Tiger today. Like, and, and he just was, like, telling you thoughts about old he's, man. He's Wood. very, um, he's very approachable. Yeah, that's and, crazy. Uh, which is awesome. I think it's great for the game. It's great for the future of the game because you're going to see um, – him mentor young guys, mentor, um, you know, guys on tour and, and, uh, really have an impact in a way that he hasn't typically had an impact. Yeah. sounds like he's getting more into the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Um, uh, da, 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 da. um, what do you do to prep for a tournament three to four days before and how do you practice for it? Um, so I guess that'd be like, what did I do when I was home this last week to prep for yeah. the Northern Trust? Um, you know, so I, I knew what I would be getting ready for. I knew I'd been here before, so needed to find some rough to hit pitches out of and, and uh, you know, have an understanding of a game plan going into it. So, you know, it's a rye, bluegrass blend here. It's It can be real thick. And so you got to get comfortable hitting shots hard that aren't going to go very far. Right. So, you know, when you're at home, you give yourself the worst lie you can and, and just get comfortable, like, making a bigger swing than you want to and seeing how far it's going to go. And then you come here and, like, all right, how did I do? Eh, I probably could have done a better job last week, if I'm being completely honest, but, you know, that's what the practice rounds are for. Right. Um, you know, often I'll mess with setup, um, going to the Open Championship. Um, you know, everyone says you got to hit it low, you got to hit it low. So, you know, find a driving iron or a two iron that you think is going to work for over there. Often... You know, you don't have something like for me. I didn't have um, a driving iron that was going to work because it was so fast there. Right. Um, so you know, you got to have something altered while while I was there. But you know, I started hitting that in the weeks leading up. So when I got over there, I wasn't uncomfortable looking down at something I hadn't been seeing. Right. So you're literally just like, how do I mess with this course, yeah. this grass? That's um, cool. I would never. I would. I mean, it totally makes sense, but it didn't occur to me. You know, you get Bermuda. You know, we leave the West Coast and you start to start preparing for chip out of Bermuda. You got to go find some dicey lies or lies that appear to be very grainy, so that you can get comfortable. All right, this ball's gonna, there's going to be a divot on this ten yard pitch shot I'm about to hit. You know, and so you just got to get comfortable, not right. freaking out when the club goes through the turf and be like, oh, what just happened? What did yeah, I do? And, and like, no, it. that's the grass. It's <laughs> right. okay. Yeah, that would definitely freak me out. Um, this is a good question. If you had a chance to live a completely different lifestyle, what would you have changed, if anything? Hmm. I don't even understand the question entirely, but it sounds like... If I could live in a different way, or if I could be doing something different? Yeah, I guess. I guess I enjoy... I'm a talker. I enjoy talking. Yeah, you're, you're very good at conversation. And, uh, and so, you know, something where I could use that to my strengths. Um, I mean, maybe a lawyer. I'm not a big one for... Um, 
authority, but, uh, you know, that maybe education, right. Um, something down the, where I could use that and apply it. Interesting. Um, that's a great question. Uh, and, but, 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 yeah. Um, I think we're good. I think we're good, man. I'm pretty pumped. Let me see if I got any more. I mean, we've been, I feel bad. I've taken a lot of your time, dude. Uh, I mean, you got your wedge in here. You're going to get, you're going to do some practice with a wedge in the hotel room. Yeah. What's going on? So you guys just got to get, got to get your reps in. We can, <laughs> it's a very safe environment. Um, so I don't have to see a, if I don't do it right. I don't have to see a ball go flying sideways. So, so you're not, there's no ball, no ball. I might just put it down. I'm not going to hit it, but it might put it down from like my sight lines, but I, I'm just going to, you know, try to, take my fields that I'm working on to the extreme here. And then hopefully when I go to the golf course, they fall somewhere between the extreme and where the, the bad feels. Oh, you're and talking full swing. Yeah. What are your fields? What what's the feel now that you're trying to, um, just trying to get the club a little more in front of me. Um, a little more, we call it on its side. So the club was getting steep and you want to come when you're coming in, you want to lay it down. Yeah. On the way back, on the way back, I, I want to lay it down. So the club just stays there ah. and then I can just turn. Right. So I was, um, historically short and kind of across the line, which is a, a no-no. And so you have to throw the club behind you. Right. And then that tends to jar your back because you have to adjust to the mass. And uh, so that's kind of where I believe some of my back issues were coming from. So if you take it back the same way you want to take it down, down this is a little a bit lot, smoother. Yep. Interesting. A lot easier. Interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, dude, we could talk for hours, so let's just shut this shit down. We can just do it again if you need more. Have you ever had a hole-in-one with nobody watching? Um, I've made a hole worse. I had a hole-in-one playing two-ball worst ball. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't even play it. It didn't count. What was your other shot? Missed a green bogey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it, Kev. You're a legend. That was man. a blast. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody, thanks for listening. Have a great week. 